This is a podcast by Lumina, the perfect space to innovate, collaborate and grow in health, science and tech. Evelyn Tiralongo, welcome to Health Tech Talks. Thank you very much. Lovely to be here. Evelyn, you're a pharmacist, originally trained in Germany, but now you have dual registration in both Australia and Germany. You have more than 20 years' experience in pharmaceutical research, and since 2015, you've been the director of Griffith University's Clinical Trial Unit. In addition, you're the discipline head for complementary medicine education at Griffith School of Pharmacy and Medical Sciences. Let's start at the beginning of your career, Evelyn. Why pharmacy? What drew you into that career? Well, in school, I really enjoyed science. So I enjoyed biology and chemistry, and they were really my favorites. And during school holidays, I worked in, in the lab. I really liked the hands-on lab work. But I also enjoyed the outdoors and gardening and plants. And so originally, I actually wanted to study biology. But then my grandmother actually changed my mind somehow. She uh, used to work uh, for pharmacists and was very much into you know, herbs for cooking and healing. And so she would teach me a lot about a healthy diet and also the use of the medicinal herbs. And I knew that was part of the German pharmacy degree at the time. So when I finished high school, I um, started working in the pharmacy and I loved it. Um, it was very much hands-on. There was a lot of compounding going on and there was a high integration of uh, herbal medicine into pharmacy practice. I stayed for the entire year and in the end, I started my pharmacy degree straight after. You know, in summary, I would probably would say the combination of science and health has, you know, really attracted me to it. But the um, career opportunities you have as a pharmacist was was an extra bonus. And then you've spent a great deal of your career in academia. What initially took you down this path? Yeah, it wasn't straightforward. I did a couple of detours. Now in hindsight, I would say they were beneficial and I needed to really have them to reach uh, a decision on what I wanted to do. So I completed a lab-based honours degree and after that I just wanted to stop learning and didn't want to be at uni anymore. I had uh, gone through quite a bit of exam period to become a registered pharmacist and so it was all too much and I couldn't really commit to um, you know PhD at that point in time. So I moved to Berlin and I worked in retail for a year and I really enjoyed it and did other things. But then after one year, I thought, oh, I need a different challenge. And so what I did was thinking, well, why don't I go back into research and combine it with travel? And so I did. So I applied to uh, different areas in different countries. And in the end, I ended up for a three-month stint at the Victorian College of Pharmacy in Melbourne and um, travelled through Australia, went back to Berlin and then back to Australia, did another year as a research assistant at the School of Chemistry at Melbourne Uni, and then I was ready. Then I decided, yep, yeah, okay, I you know can embark on a PhD journey. But then when I finished the PhD, I was still not quite, oh, I want to go back to academia because I had an industry-funded PhD. PhD and I really loved that combination of business and research. But then when I immigrated to Australia and I happened to come to the Gold Coast, Griffiths Uni actually started a pharmacy school on the Gold Coast campus and they advertised for positions. And so I thought, oh, that's interesting, you know, designing something new. So yes, yeah, so I applied and I got the job. And so I was one of the four academics there who were tasked with developing and designing an accredited pharmacy curriculum. And yeah, so that was my, I think, start at well, my academic career. And then what about the 
other research and teaching areas. What has been your focus there? Yeah, I didn't quite get away from herbal medicines to some degree. My focus has been over the 20 years in complementary medicine. What I think has evolved is really the type of research. So it's uh, quite multidisciplinary. And while it started, you know, on the bench and was in the lab, it has evolved over time to become more applied and translational. So I did more research in education, but also in clinical practice and clinical trials. Evelyn, since 2015, you've been the director of Griffith University's clinical trial unit. How did this opportunity come about and what have you achieved in the role? Yeah, in 2012, Griffith Uni opened the Griffith Health Centre on the Gold Coast campus and there was a dedicated space to clinical trials. And while Griffith's researchers were using that space, it wasn't a formalised unit as such. And then towards the end of 2014, Griffiths reviewed the structure of the Griffiths Health Clinics, which are also located in that same building. And as part of it, there was an idea born to formalise the trial space into more of a research and business unit. And I really liked the concept and the idea of it, and I wanted to be part of the development. And when they advertised the position as a director, I applied for it and I I got it. And so I started work with, you know, one clinical person and um, no really framework and no commercial business. But here we are seven years later, and it's a core facility to the university. And we have like 13, 14 professional staff now at this unit and we're providing services to the researchers at Griffiths, but we also provide professional clinical trial site services to uh, commercial clients like Global Pharma, you know, biosciences industry, um, complementary medicine industry, and that could be small, medium enterprises, but also startups. So we've really grown and we conduct now on average probably 15 to 20 commercial trials uh, per annum and 15 probably trial projects for Griffiths staff is supporting. So uh, looking at phase two, phase three trials, broad range of therapeutic areas and you know, doing trials and vaccines, medical devices. Um, so it's it's really great. And I think uh, we've contributed something to, to um, Griffiths with that. In the last interview I did for Health Tech Talks, we spoke with Eloise Keefe, who's the Commercial Business Manager for the Institute of Glycomics. Can you tell us about the work you've been doing with the Institute? Yeah, since its inception, the CTU has really housed and supported five malaria-based um, clinical trials, enabling the progression of the Institute's malaria vaccine development program, but we're also facilitating several other clinical studies uh, on the Institute's technologies and hoping to advance those technologies into approved products. But having said that, we are a core facility for, you know, for the university as such. So we are servicing a lot of other research centers and uh, that's across the health group and the science group of the university. So we, for example, serve uh, researchers of the Menzies Health Institute Queensland. We have housed trials, you know, in multiple sclerosis and allergy and gastrointestinal diseases and neurology, but also trials that tested devices and vascular access and contributed to research in chronic fatigue syndrome or dentistry or infectious diseases. Evelyn, is clinical trials a growing industry? And if so, why and in what areas? Um, the short answer is yes, it is a growing industry. The global clinical trial market size is expected to reach around 50 billion US dollars in 2022, and there is a annual growth rate estimated of approximately 6% up to 2030 to reach 80 billion US dollars by 2030. So key factors are really, you know, what we hear in the media: uh, the prevalence of chronic diseases is increasing. People are aging, and when they're aging, they want to stay healthy. 
And also there are new technologies now you can include into clinical trials. So there are obviously big drivers. And so we've seen an increase in clinical trials in oncology, neurology, autoimmune diseases and inflammation. And uh, emerging opportunities are, of course, you know, digital health, the telehealth model to include that into clinical trials, but also precision medicines where treatments are tailored to um, genetic makeup of individual patients. And we've seen, for example, a rise of uh, use of biomarkers in oncology trials. But then also people get quite adventurous now with the clinical trial design, you know, start and stop uh, treatment arms and possibly having multiple combinations of drugs tested in one sort of trials. Yeah, so overall there are different ideas now on how to conduct trials and that drives the trial market as well. Evelyn, in terms of clinical trials, how does Australia compare with other countries? Traditionally, Australia has always been a good place to conduct clinical trials and that's because it has streamlined and fast approval processes, you know, high quality medical experts and experienced researchers, reasonable costs there on the tax incentive is playing a role there. We also have a multi-ethnic population, which is important, and we have dedicated clinical trials. So it's never really been a problem. A report even uh, which looked at 2015 to 2019 shows that Australia has actually increased uh, phase one and phase two trials, um, had more or less stayed the same in phase three trials, but slightly dropped in phase four trials. So overall, the conclusion is that Australia really kept its market place with regards to other countries which have a high clinical trial volume. Having said that, the report didn't really cover the COVID years. And so, you know, we all knew that there was a downturn in clinical trial activity worldwide, especially initially in the COVID pandemic. And that was due, obviously, to trials being stopped or being uh, delayed or clinicians had to revert back to service and patients were maybe unable or unwilling to participate. But what we have found from initial data is that uh, obviously Australia experienced that as well, but that downturn was very quickly reversed and Australia recovered very fast and probably faster than other countries from that. And so we certainly have felt that in while, you know, we had an increased clinical trial activity in Queensland already before COVID, so it was on the rise, it certainly has risen much more than we ever could have imagined. And and certainly from our unit, we can say that we had a 100% growth from last year to this year. So it's been amazing. You're listening to Health Tech Talks, a podcast series delivered by Lumina. To find out more about Lumina, visit the website luminagoldcoast.com.au and sign up today to receive your Lumina Opportunities Pack. What challenges does Australia face in terms of clinical trials? Yeah, unfortunately, there are some challenges which will remain. And uh, currently, we're looking at um, still improving clinical trial governance and approval processes to some degree. Patient recruitment is also a challenge and skilled workforce capacity. The good news is, however, that uh, the government and the industry are aware of this and uh, they both work together to solve those challenges so that they don't become an impediment for further growth in the sector. So, for example, the Australian Commission on Safety and Quality in Healthcare is looking to establish a national clinical trials governance framework, but also um, looking at creating a national clinical trials front door, which would then combine, you know, different um, processes which are handled by currently different uh, institutions, the TGA or the registry or different jurisdictions, and that would reduce duplication and increase efficiency. The other thing is obviously Australia's small population size relative to other markets, which poses a barrier maybe for some sponsors to come here and run their trials here, thinking that they might not recruit to full potential. So, 
there are obviously already initiatives in place to enhance consumer involvement and engagement and increase technologies like telehealth, but also to reach rural and remote Australians, which is obviously close to, to our hearts to, to bring them in to participate in trials. And Queensland Health is actually leading the national rollout of the Australian Teletile program and that's really important in that process. The third challenge I mentioned, uh, the skilled workforce capacity issue we, we are having is in essence close to my heart, being an academic and an educator. What we don't have currently is we haven't got a real profession of clinical trial profession. And so the issue is that people come into the workforce either from a nursing background or a science background and then have to be trained on the job. And the industry has shown that there's a lot of turnover of staff because of that and because some trained staff then have to leave and go on to other jobs in order to pursue their career. And so the industry has called for competency standards around clinical trial professionals, but also so for a national curriculum or training program and that should be linked into these competency standards. And the question now really is on how this will be rolled out, especially in collaboration with tertiary institutions. And I feel that Griffiths is in a prime position to be part of, of the solution. You know, we have at the CTU alone staff and students who we train in trials and we have work integrated learning, students who have placements and Griffiths has actually a clinical trial course, which they could expand or what could be rolled out on a larger scale. So it's really exciting times and it's important to see how government will respond and support the suggestions from industry in this area and how will that you know progress into the future. We're talking today from Lumina, which is the Gold Coast's Health and Knowledge Precinct. What are the benefits of having a clinical trials facility? here within the precinct? Look, in general, clinical trials are an absolute critical step in the research and development process for drugs, vaccines, diagnostics and medical devices. And for me, however, they are so much more because, you know, for the community, they offer, offer possibly uh, treatment options, which otherwise wouldn't be available. And then they strengthen the research ecosystem and lead to improved clinical services. There are studies about that. But also, obviously, they enhance global and national visibility, you know. So in a recent Gold Coast Regional Jobs Committee report, clinical trials have actually been identified as an enabler for the fastest growing emerging industry on the Gold Coast, which is the biomedical technology industry. And in that report, they said it is estimated that by 2029, the employment in clinical trials will generate more than 33 million Australian dollars per year to the Gold Coast economy. And so this is a tremendous contribution and one the precinct can play a big role in. And so the co-location of Griffiths University with the two hospitals has created a great opportunity for collaboration in clinical research and especially in clinical trials. And the good thing is that we've already been doing that. So Griffiths has expanded its clinical trial research probably since the trial unit was established as a core facility. And the hospital, the Gold Coast University Hospital, has boosted its capacities and capabilities as well with targeted investment into clinical trial services. And they appointed an assistant director in clinical trials a few years back and we've been collaborating with the university hospital you know on a 
basis of a memorandum of understanding since 2017, and that has been working very well. But the especially good news is that the Gorkos Private Hospital now is also joining that close collaboration. It marked, I suppose, its focus on clinical trials by appointing a clinical trial research manager earlier this year. So that's really great because all three institutions bring a slightly different capability to the field. And, you know, we are trying to complement each other and uh, use each other's expertise and capacity, which is really great for the overall growth of the region. In your current role, you've contributed substantially to the development and marketing of the precinct as a hub for life sciences innovation. Can you tell us how you've achieved this? Yeah, I'm a very curious and passionate person. And, you know, I like to explore new ideas and meet new people. So that's probably one one side of the coin. But then also, while I was conducting my PhD in an industry funded project, I always liked the interaction between industry and academia. And so when I came to the Gold Coast, I was always trying to establish more links uh, with local and state and national stakeholders, industry or government. But the other side is also that I have taught pharmacy students for over 10 years here on the Gold Coast and also worked in Gold Coast pharmacies when I was completing my Australian registration as a pharmacist. And in my current role, I work with a lot of clinicians in the private and the public sector. So I guess the combination of my passion and experience as an academic and researcher and then my links to industry and government and other stakeholders here on the Gold Coast and in Queensland in general, but also, you know, my background and links to other health professionals have made me probably a good partner in crime, so to speak, uh, mm-hmm. for promoting the pre then, you know, the fact that I'm a converted Golko skeptic who's seen the growth and development firsthand over the last 20 years when I, while I was living here um, may just give me that extra bit of street credit uh, to mm-hmm. be selling the precinct as an immense opportunity. Evelyn, how can Lumina progress and support the clinical trials industry? Look, I think Lumina is already sort of doing that in a way because it's in itself a great initiative and of benefit to any clinical trial research and business because of its concept of uh, enhancing health research innovation. It's in a prime position really to um, strategically attract industries and businesses that will understand the clinical trial uh, research capacity of the precinct partners which already exist and then will look at complementing rather than competing with it. And so for me any industry you know that would enhance preclinical and bioanalytical capabilities or small-scale manufacturing and packaging capabilities as well as digital health and AI for the use in trials would add value to the precinct. And of course you know, I would look for partners who support clinical trial workforce development and also possibly some which would provide coaching and consultancy to the startups here, which were involved in clinical trials because they would possibly become the next clients and would then drive the growth of the precinct even further. Lumina does a great deal of work supporting startups and small to medium enterprise in the life sciences industry. As a commercial leader in clinical trials, what do these startups and SMEs need to succeed in in the market. Yeah, I think they need an entrepreneurial ecosystem with like-minded local colleagues and networks, but also scientific experts would be beneficial. So for me, anything that really ensures that these startups are multidisciplinary, that they remain underpinned by research and that they complement the surrounding hospitals and the university, that would be of benefit. It would be good to have strong business advisors and some international connections and contacts because they obviously have to attract capital and then survive and grow in a competitive environment. So all of those factors for me play a role. Evelyn, it's a really exciting industry to be in. Thank you very much for talking with us about it. Thanks very much for having me. 
To learn more about Lumina and how we work with health tech startups, visit luminagoldcoast.com.au and don't forget to sign up to receive your Lumina Opportunities Pack today.